casting out demons in your name. And we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, do not stop him. For no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly, I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. All right, I need you guys to come up here with me just a moment, okay? Got a little something I need your help with. Have you ever heard of anybody eating rocks? No? Yes? You said no. Anybody? I'm guessing that most of the people here in this room this morning have had rocks to eat already today. Do you know that? Let me show you something. I got something in here. Reach in and take one of these things out of this bag. Just, just one would be fine. Or you can take more than one. Give it to your parents. Give one to them. They're going to get one eventually. You want to get one? Take one out? Take one out. Oh, you can have one too. You're small. You can take two if you want. Okay. And that. And what does that say? Salt. Did you know that salt is the only rock that people eat? It is. Doesn't sound too good, does it? No, but believe me, not only is it the only rock that people eat, but if we didn't eat this rock, we couldn't live. We have to have salt in us in order to live. Now, there are some of these people out here who have eaten too much salt, and they're on these horrible diets where they can't eat much salt, and that is really awful. Because salt is a really good thing. Not too much, but just the right amount. And it makes everything very, very flavorful. Do you like things that have a lot of flavor? Now, anybody here like ice cream? Yeah? Yeah, not so sure? Okay, everybody likes ice cream. Did you know that there are rocks in ice cream? They're like Rocky Road, yes. Absolutely. But beyond that, I guarantee you, if you look on the package of ice cream, one of the ingredients on that label will be salt. Because salt 
helps bring out that intense flavor of sweetness that we all like in ice cream. Now, Jesus says to us that we are to be the salt of the earth, each and every one of you, and to make this world a very flavorful and wonderful place. And you are doing that just by the way you are already today. So keep it up. Enjoy your time together in class. And thanks for helping out with the gospel. All right. Please be seated. I'll put my glasses on so I can still see you for a little bit here. As I've said many times, I've reached that point in my life where I have a choice. I can either see you or my sermon text. I can't, I can't actually see both at the same time very effectively. So, good morning. It's great to see you today. How's everybody doing? Good. You had your rock, you ate rocks for breakfast today? Some of you did, I'm sure. I want to thank you for being here today after my previous sermon, which ran 45 plus minutes in length. I wondered how many people would return. Uh, Today I will be brief, no expansive narrative, no lavish history. I simply want to talk about salt. As the scripture this morning said, salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. And as Matthew puts it, bluntly, you are the salt of the earth. Now, in addition to to these biblical texts, I will steal shamelessly from Mark Kurlansky's excellent book entitled Salt, A World History. Anybody here happen to have read that? No, I highly commend it. Fascinating tale about history of salt in human culture. I want to begin by offering an apology to anyone here who is restricted to a low-sodium diet. I feel your pain. My guess is that you probably appreciate salt more than the rest of us who are not burdened by such dietary restrictions. Uh, A woman in the first service at 7 o'clock said... Uh, how grateful she was when she was in the hospital that every day her husband brought in some salt for her because the hospital (laughs) provided none. And I want to thank you all for your patience this morning with my salty comments. Several weeks ago, I had the pleasure of roaming the National Mall in Washington, D.C. with a friend and enjoyed once again standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and gazing over the reflecting pool to the Washington Monument and the Capitol building in the distance. I imagine some of you have done that. The Washington Monument is open again to the public following repairs to damage that was incurred during the 8.5 magnitude earthquake back in August of 2011. We didn't have time to venture to the top this time, but uh, recalling a bit of historical trivia, I noted that in 1884, 
when the monument was completed, the decision was made to cap the top of the Washington Monument with a semi-precious metal that was little known to the public at the time, but believed to be able to withstand the onslaught of lightning bolts that would inevitably strike this 555-foot tower. Does anyone know what that metal is? What's that? It's aluminum. Yes, indeed, the tip of the Washington Monument is wrapped in tinfoil. <laughs> well, not quite. It is a small pyramid of solid aluminum weighing just over six pounds. It was projected that it would cost $75. When the bill came in at $256, the engineer in charge of construction was not pleased. And after some dickering, the government agreed to pay $225 for this six pounds of aluminum that tops the Washington Monument. I share this tale to remind us how our sense of what is rare and precious and unusual changes from generation to generation. In 1884, nobody imagined that pretty much everyone in the country would have a a roll of aluminum foil in their kitchen, right? And that aluminum siding would clad many a home. Salt is so common, so easy to obtain, and so inexpensive that we have also forgotten that from the beginning of civilization until about 100 years ago, salt was one of the most sought-after commodities in human history. Until modern times, with the advent of refrigeration, salt provided the only reliable way to preserve food. This ability to preserve food, to protect against decay, as well as to sustain life, has given salt considerable importance. Salt was, to the ancient Hebrews, the symbol of the eternal nature of God's covenant with Israel. It is written in the book of Numbers, it is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord. And later in Chronicles, the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever, even to him and his sons by a covenant of salt. In Christianity, salt is associated not only with longevity and permanence, but by extension with truth and wisdom. The Catholic Church not only dispenses holy water, but holy salt, sal sapientia, the salt of wisdom. Salt's potency led to the belief that it should be handled with some considerable care. Now, who here feels just a little bit uneasy when you spill salt? Yeah. And you might be inclined to toss a bit of salt over your shoulder, just in case, huh? If you look closely at Leonardo da Vinci's painting of The Last Supper, you can see that Judas has knocked the salt cellar over with his elbow. And thanks to him, spilled salt is associated with treachery and lies. And if you do spill salt, a pinch thrown over the left shoulder is supposed to blind the devil who is waiting there. The search for salt has challenged engineers for millennia. A number of the greatest public works ever conceived were motivated by the need to move salt. 
It turns out that almost no place on earth is without salt. But this was not clear until revealed by modern geology, and so for almost all of history, salt was desperately searched for, traded for, and fought over. For millennia, salt represented wealth. The Chinese, the Romans, the French, the Venetians, the Habsburgs, and numerous other governments taxed salt to raise money to conduct war. Soldiers, and sometimes workers, were paid in salt. It was often used as money. When Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, he was making a profound statement about important, how important we are to the preservation of life and the prevention of physical and spiritual decay and inviting us into lives that are rich with the flavors of the gospel, love, compassion, acceptance, and justice. I'm guessing that, like me, many of you have been watching Pope Francis in his remarks before Congress, his lunch with the homeless, his tenderness at the 9-11 memorial, his eloquence before the UN, his warmth with children, and his humility in the presence of pomp. As I watched these events unfold, I said to myself, yes, yes, this is what Christianity is supposed to taste like. This, too, is our calling. In his letter to the Christians in the city of Colossae, Paul says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. You are the salt of the earth. Christianity is not meant to be bland. It is meant to be spicy and rich, overflowing with the flavor of love, the tender taste of compassion, the sweetness of acceptance, and the boldness of justice. It should be a flavor that knocks you over with its complexities and keeps you coming back for another taste of its goodness. So, like I did for the kids, I have a little gift for you, and I'm going to need a little help here. There's a couple people to serve as ushers. Come on, volunteers, won't hurt. There's a little salt in it for you. Just what I need. Just what you need. Okay. So if you just take a handful of this and go around, pass it around, let people pass it out and down until everybody gets one of these. There's lots of it for everybody. you guys out of here. Hey, Roger, pass those out to everybody. Everybody got some salt, some rocks to eat? Okay. Now, here's a little um, tongue twister to help you remember how to use your salt. Okay? You have just received a sample of simple sacred salt to spread saintliness surreptitiously. Got that? 
Okay, now here's how it goes. Here's what you're going you're gonna to memorize this, right? You're going to commit this to memory. You say, I have a sample of simple sacred salt so I can spread saintliness surreptitiously. Say it after me. I have a sample of simple sacred salt. I have a sample of simple sacred salt so I can spread saintliness, so I can spread saintliness surreptitiously. So you want to sprinkle this salt around in the world. That's your job. So here it goes. I'll do it again. You do it after me. I have a sample of simple sacred salt. I have a sample of simple sacred salt so I can spread saintliness, so I can spread saintliness surreptitiously. Okay, now all together. I have a sample of simple sacred salt so I can spread saintliness surreptitiously. Very good. And if any of you remember that five minutes from now, that'll be fantastic. Now, here's my request for you. When you reach for the salt shaker and shake that simple sacred salt onto your sumptuous supper, take a moment to ask yourself, how have I been the salt of the earth today? Stand together as we affirm our faith, saying, You, O God, are supreme and holy. You create our world and give us life. Your purpose overarches everything we do. You have always been with us. You are God.